This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Welcome back to part two of our sit down with Mr. Tom Arnold. And if you haven't heard part one, you got to check it out first. We talk about when Tom met Roseanne, the beginning of their relationship, their marriage, their divorce. Tom reveals a lot of things that, I mean, he's never said before. Yeah, really, we hear all about the whole trajectory of his relationship with Roseanne, but also we hear about Roseanne. Like, what was it like on set with John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf and Sarah Gilbert? And I mean, such a talented cast. And what was like, what was that like way back then? And we just talk about it all and kind of get to where we are at now, his current dating life, which we're about to get into. Got some housewife stuff coming to you guys, but check out part one if you want to hear about the origins of Tom and Roseanne. And now, stay tuned for part two. I do need to have a relationship eventually. I haven't had a date in over three years, but you know, and I do. There are some some women that that uh, you know are age appropriate that that I see. Sometimes I do these autograph things. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. What you know? There's several that I've become pals with that I'm like, yeah, let's you know, let's do that. But you know, it's also you know uh, when you meet you know. I was uh, up at CVS talking to a school teacher. <laughs> That's a, the, how far my dating goes. I go up to CVS. And, you know, age appropriate. And I kind of started getting a feeling like, hey, this is that tingle a little bit. And, uh, um, but but I thought, it, it, you know, it, it, there's always a, a beat to go. You know, I just had our next door neighbor. We had kids and I moved here to, to Sherman Oaks. 
come over and say, oh, uh, it, and we've lived here since June 1st. I brought me a, a thing of treats and said, I've been meaning to come over and uh, I just wanted to say uh, welcome to the neighborhood. I, oh, God, that's so nice of you and stuff. And she goes, and you are... I go, I'm Tom Arnold. She goes, I thought that. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, first of all, you never know what people think about you. So the dating thing, which I never did, I'm sure you dated. I never did. I went, I had four engagements up until the time I moved to LA and then four marriages. And in between those, there was a brief period of dating, like five dates in one week. And I always felt I was cheating on that person. So I thought, I got to get locked into a marriage with a solid person, solid adult person that has my back. We don't always get along. We could be, you know, we don't break the big rules, but, but has my back. And I just, I, it, it probably, I have more to work on with myself. Um, I will say this. I have married, uh, I have performed four marriages. Uh, uh, all gay marriages, and they're all still married. And I have been married four times. I've been in four marriages, and none of them are working. So my brother and his husband have been together 15 years. Wow. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, I, I see that, you know, as a as adults going, this is a commitment, like this is a thing, you know, because I think for a long time people grow up like, Oh, I have to get married to, I have to find a woman or a man and we have to do this thing. I think people, I think people are more thoughtful now and I can't, you know, cause my kids are eight and six. So I'm a single dad. I'm 62. So there's that. Like, first of all, people are not like, Oh, I'm looking for a 62 year old, <laughs> but there's also, I don't, to bring people around my kids. Right. You know, but it has to happen sometime. I'm always looking at the moms at school that have kids the same age that are the single moms. You know, they're usually a lot younger than me. But what you do, and I set up some play dates and and to talk filthy with some of the moms because you know it seems like they're in a really nice school. It seems like they'd be, but they're filthier than I could ever be, and it's really funny. But you know, we'll see what happens. I mean. Uh, it's not my number one. I'm taking it a day at a time, man. I live my life a day at a time. Is that your go-to move, a play date for the kids? Yeah. Well, that's the easiest one. I like because that. Then the kids are doing something. You know, in my mind, this is bad. But but to get off the schneid, to break the street, what needs to happen is the kids come, they're playing outside, you know, got someone kind of observing. We run in my bedroom hook up because she wants to do that done and uh but that's you know that's how my mind goes like where, where let's get into a closet here and i do recommend that in relationships if you don't have sex with your your mate fucking you get resentful you get jealous whatever and every week or two weeks or whatever, you just have to go into a closet and do some kind of sex get it over it's not gonna be perfect but just do it with that person, the one person you have sex with, do something. And then you're like, okay, okay, you know, chill. I would agree with all of that. What about in Hollywood? Do you have any celebrity crushes? Like what women in Hollywood, you know, who's your type, Tom? Oh, I, 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 I uh, jo Joanna Cassidy, I saw her at a, at a couple autograph signings. She's like, and I don't know, she might be 70, 
five. I don't know. You know, I got a thing for Jane Fonda too. There's no doubt. If you spend any time with her, you know, you're like, oh yeah, that. And then I'm also I'm like, wait a minute, I am 62. <laughs> I'm not like, you know, 25 year old Tom Arnold. But you know, there is a Gail O'Grady. Uh, I like her a lot. You know, she's uh, and she's a, uh, yeah, and she's very beautiful. But she's also like, a, you know, like a, not afraid. Uh, she'll 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 shit talk with you. Um, I think that uh, you know, uh, I think I'm more nervous around um, you know because it, it, like you do meet people at these conventions or uh, when you do stand up comedy or when you're out of the house that are fans and they're enamored with your they like that you are who you are and that's a and that feels good and then but i always do this thing well what is the next thing that happens because i know it's going to be more complicated than you know and and uh and how do i not look uh like i'm taking advantage of somebody right. uh you know but i do i do find that people I, this is what i can speak about women a little bit they're not as uh naive or uh, uh you know in the day it was sort of about this thing and they're because i know the moms at school they're just there's some that don't have time they they got time for this let's get it going and then they're they're off and they work out they do all this shit that i need to do and they take they got this kid here this kid here this kid here they're fucking badass and they do hook up once in a while they do that thing like for them yeah. And it's not a long, you know, flowery, you know, you don't have to, I don't think you have to make them promises that, listen, we will live forever. They're not interested. They're not interested in the, that old game. You know, my biggest move was being able to marry people at one time, you know, to go, I will marry you. Like that seemed to be the biggest gift. Okay. I'll spend the rest of my life with you and we will get married and we'll have a big wedding and uh, it'll be cool. And, uh, and and that just is not in the not that I would say I would not get married again, you know. Jim Cameron's been married five times, and he'd always say, "You write your story, you write your ending. Fuck those people," because you know he's got a great thing going on uh, with Susie Amos, but it took him four other times, and you know I'm not looking for that. You know I would like to meet somebody that finds me sexually attractive and is very rich. And they're very generous and they like kids and they really think I'm amazing and amusing and they're all set up. What is it about Jane Fonda that you find so, so appealing? Well, she's sexy, you know, she's sexy, but I know her too, because, you know, her politics, right? And she's a badass. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, Trump sent the Secret Service to my house. Nixon sent him to her house. You know, I just respect her that she's out there. You know, everything, you know, I, I just, you know, I respect her. I mean, Dolly Parton is very attractive. You know who was very attractive, who was very sexy, was Florence Henderson. I shit you not, like, she was fucking A-game. Like, and I've talked to other dudes about it where we tell private, they go, do you ever see any older, uh, and people are like, fucking Florence Henderson, I met her at this thing. Like, she's a, you know, I'm going to tell you a, a, a story for your show. That does not make me look like the greatest guy, but it, but it's kind of sweet. Cloris Leachman, I, I did her last movie, and I loved her so much. You know, she's from Iowa. She's 
brilliant actor. I respect her. I really looked out for her. In fact, Jennifer Tilly, who played my wife, filmed The Moment We Met. I sat down at the dinner table at Cloris, was my mother-in-law right here. And it's very intimate. And I really looked out for her. And it was such an honor to work with her, right? And her daughter was her handler uh, uh, the, uh, in the movie. And one night uh, we wrapped and then Cloris had a bedroom. We were filming at a house, so her dressing room was a bedroom. And she got to sleep on the bed. And her daughter is coming in. Her daughter is very, very nice, very cute. And she says, uh, I just want to tell you how much it means to me that you're taking such good care of my mother. And and I go, well, of course, I love her. And she, we hug each other. And I hugged her and my hands, she didn't have underwear on. I could feel that thing. I didn't need to touch her on. I was like, oh, my God. I'm so, so I'm so sorry. She goes, no, it's okay. And for a second, I looked at her mom there. And I was like, if I push her mom over, then we can get this thing going right here. <laughs> I was, I went from worship, which I do, Cloris Leachman, to thinking about putting a coat over her head so her daughter and I could hook up real quick. <laughs> That's how my mind, you know, I went from being the most gracious, wonderful guy to, wait a minute, I wonder if we can move your mom. <laughs> so at least, your, at least your mind works quickly, right? It does. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If there's one thing you guys know about me from listening to this podcast, it's that I like options and I like simplicity and I like convenience. And I have to tell you, Talkspace kind of feels like having a therapist in my back pocket. I'm able to reach out to my therapist anytime from anywhere, and that makes taking care of my mental health super easy. I'm more relaxed when I'm traveling. You know I'm in the Hamptons all summer, so I mean, I'm on the go. And I just love knowing that if I need to talk to my therapist, I can just send a message from wherever I am, and hey, they respond. Also, I gotta tell you, if you're thinking of therapy, you can sign up for Talkspace, and you can actually start therapy the exact same day. Like I said, simplicity and results. It's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. 
As a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code VELVET to get $100 off your first month. That's VELVET and Talkspace.com. That is, it's a relief. You know, if you've been through a, went through an especially nasty divorce last time because it involved kids. And I had to go to court and custody court and I had to do all this stuff and and anything involves something you your kids because that's the thing you love the most that's a that and if they know that and they want to hurt you they're like oh that's the thing i'm going to try to take away from you i'm going to say but um that feeling with cloris's daughter was the first time i went oh i still have i i could still have sex (laughs) no it's still going there's something you know some men as we know have that all the time and they get fucking in trouble you can't they're, they're they get you can't count on them because that's right. all they got they're like fucking living on red the head of their penis is like the fucking razor's edge they're just you know and it's sex addiction and you got to find the but i think having sex is probably a good thing you know calms and, you down right right you know but i have to say don't put down jerk it off because let me tell you something it's and I do recommend this to young guys. I guess some of the young guys are like, oh, we got there. I, want to I say, do yourself a favor. Jerk off before you go out. Because then you won't get in quite as much trouble. You probably won't get into a fight. And then you don't go for, you know, you pace yourself. <laughs> you pace yourself a little bit with the partying, with, the, with women, with men, whatever. You make a little bit better decisions. Because young people make terrible decisions. I know, because I was a young person. So there's that. So that's your advice for all the young men out there. Yeah, or men in general, yeah. Speaking about, you mentioned politics and Jane Fonda. Talk to me about this whole, you know, listen, when you think Tom Arnold, you think a lot of things. You don't think, you know, breaking the story of like Jerry Falwell and the pool boy and Michael Cohn. How does this all come about? I mean, I know you were doing your own like anti-Trump right. analysis. Well, I, you know, I knew Trump, don't Trump for almost 40 years. So, you know, this guy's bad news. Like, you know, he would, you know, I put up a clip. He came, he came on my sports show. First of all, Roseanne and I did a special at Trump Castle. Maybe it was a casino at the end of the 80s. And he was like, listen, I have a friend that has a, uh, a what is the Bugatti or whatever, some kind of $3 million car. And he will, it, we'll bring that into, and then I'll drive Roseanne onto the set. I'll be her chauffeur. So I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And now I realize he's in the show. <laughs> now he's in the show. And then later, uh, I was talking to HBO. We we're settling up some uh, some bills. They go, the guy that drove that car up lives on a farm in New Jersey. He boxed it up. He drove it up here. And pr- Trump promised to pay him forty grand, and he didn't pay him. And so I thought, well, that's hilarious. I'll pay him because that's a hilarious Donald Trump story. But that's really that's his business whatever. And he would come on my sports show and we had young girls in the audience. Like, you know, we'd have a high school or a junior high dressed in uniforms. And there's, and he's like, Hey, what? And you can see by the show, go to me. Hey, what's the, what's going on with these guys? So there's that, but it was fine when he was just Donald Trump. I've been to the playboy match with him. He took me after the show to meet his new girlfriend, Karen McDougal. Uh, and then I realized, Oh shit, his wife is here too. Melania and his daughter. Like he has no problem. You know, and and, uh, and so, but I thought that's all fine. You know, sports show, there's a lot of guys involved with sports or, you know, entertainment that are like that. 
But then when he started talking about running for office, I was like, oh, shit, this is the worst idea ever. And so I, you know, I, I did my best. You know, I had friends that worked on The Celebrity Apprentice and uh, they had tape. of. I mean, he because he the thing about The Celebrity Apprentice is it's a game show. And in America, if you host a game show, you have to be might the whole, from the time you get out of the car to the time you leave because there was a game show scandal in the 50s. And uh, and people cheated. The sponsors of the show told the person who should win. So the host of the show is mic'd up all the time and filmed. And there's 18 cameras filmed with that show. So then the shit they have when people talk about the outtakes, it's crazy. And I, the executive producer of that show's brother was my clip producer on the best sports show period. So I know what they have. You know, people share. And at the time, it's like hilarious. Here's a Christmas tape of me and Donald Trump saying all these racist, whatever things, going up to the camera woman, like in camera, you're fuckable, you're fuckable, you're fuckable. And so I like, I we got to get that out there before the Hillary election. And, you know, these guys got so afraid. And by now, they were all working for Mark Burnett. He brought him in, hired him. They run Survivor. But they were... You know, they were very nervous, too, about Donald Trump, the worst human being ever. I got a huge fight at Arnold Schwarzenegger's house on the, in, in, uh, in uh, Christmas 2016, after Trump was elected. Mark Burnett was there. You know, he comes up and he's like, hey, man, I'm not going to give you the, you the tape that you want of Trump or Trump. Trump wants him. You want him. I'm not giving him. And then he's like, shows me, he goes, and I'll tell you why. And he shows me a picture of his son as, uh, Trump's uh, ring bear. I'm like, well, that's fucked up. Anyway, I'm. Some people are there, and, and they say, and the people I know, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton is more like, you know, Hitler than Donald Trump. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, people inside all the institutions. I go, what in the? F that is. So I get in a huge fight with pe people I genuinely like, like, and it's gonna, it's gonna. I don't know if we're gonna fist fight in Arnold's living room or whatever. But um, uh, the, the, this uh, Matt Van Wagen, uh, uh speaks up and he says, uh, the executive producer, the guy that works with, with Barnett, who's there, and says, wait a minute, Donald Trump is the worst human being I've ever met in my entire life. And everybody, you know, he stepped up and did that. Uh, it's Eric Van Wagen, the brother. And it froze everybody because nobody thought he was going to say that. And then I'm like, well, this is my exit strategy. I'm going to get out of here now. And so I walk out of Arnold's house, and there's a, he's got a very long driveway. And there's a valet, and there'd been a car. The valet had smashed a car down, so it's taking a while to get the cars. And I'm standing there. I look behind me. It's Clint Eastwood, who's very conservative. I'm like, oh, fuck. And he's like, you know, Tom, Trump is a, a bonehead. He goes, you know the worst part about being elected mayor? Then you got to be mayor which is his reference of he was a man. And so I thought that was pretty cool. I still, no matter what, I love Clint Eastwood. Yeah. So I started, uh, you know, I, Vice got a hold of me and said, after a little while, would you do a show? We like your social media. Would you do a show? We'll give you cameras. You go where do whatever you want about Trump. We'll, we'll analyze each of these tape things. And that's how I got to know Michael Cohen, obviously. <laughs> and when I first met Michael Cohen, people were like, I did a selfie with him in uh, June of uh, 2018 because I went to, I stayed at the Regency where I knew he was living. And I was getting ready to leave. There's a Rolling Stone reporter following me around and the crew had already started heading back to LA. 
and uh, and he walks. I go. He go. We're sitting there, me and a, the the reporter having a drink in the front of the uh, downstairs the Regency, and he's like, "It's too bad you didn't run into Michael Cohen." I go, "Yeah, whatever." And then I go, "Oh fuck, there he is, right there." He's coming in the door. So I jump up and get uh, Michael Cohen comes to the door, and I'm like, "I don't know how this could go. It might go shitty. We might be fucking." Or and it went very well. He's like, "Oh, Tom, very nice to meet you." I know. And then the reporter uh, took a picture of us, which I posted, and, and people went crazy. But the the right way people said that's bullshit. He just did a selfie. He doesn't know Michael Cohen. Well, I did know Michael Cohen, and I made a lot of tapes of Michael Cohen, and I supported him in prison. I talked. I had a cell phone with him in prison. I had two cell phones, you know, because he was cooperating. And his cooperation, you will see even more payoff. Now, because the things that he went to prison for, the evaluate the valuating his property higher than it was worth to get loans from the bank are the same thing that the Trumps did. So what goes around comes around. He's certainly been helpful with documents and stuff, but he got out of prison. And uh, I, I'd always wondered, uh, you know, there's several things like uh, this. You know, this before he went to prison. I I wanted to know about Jerry Falwell Jr. I said like, something does that up that. You know, Michael had a the did this thing because I by now I'd gotten to know the pool boy and then other pool boys, and I was putting it together, and uh, um, I knew that Michael Cohen had fixed the thing for them in 2015, where there was a bunch of pictures that got out of Falwells, and uh, and by the way, they were it was you know people like when it when when he got busted over this, Falwell said, oh, it was a boudoir picture that Becky took for me. She let me tell you, Becky had jizz all over her and it wasn't his jizz and uh and but and he is in uh, people were dying that they wanted jerry falwell to do to get caught doing a homosexual act that was her whole thing i hated him because of his anti-lgbtq and his anti-muslim and 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 stuff and the fact that john carlo granda the legitimate pool attendant who had the seven-year affair was half mexican I mean, yeah. just uh, hypocrisy, and and you know it was, uh, but and all the lies, and and oh, we didn't do, and, and Jerry Falwell. So if I, I recorded Michael Cohen. We talked about a lot of things, but that was one of the things. And I waited a little bit until the day he went into prison, <laughs> because I always felt like he kind of likes the Falwells, Michael Cohen. He sounds like a broken, broken hearted, because they didn't. You know, he went to their kids. Uh, I guess it's called a christening when you're uh, Christian and you have the baby. And he bought them a gift from uh, Chanel. And they haven't called him at all since he got arrested. And so he was broken our side. He was like, this relationship could come back on. And it turns out it did. But the day he went into prison, I, I hooked up with uh, uh, the New York Times and uh, Washington Post and uh, Reuters, a guy of Reuters, and gave him the tapes of him explaining the deal he did to get Trump uh, to get followed to support Trump and the fact that he still had a picture. Like, well, I got rid of all the pictures of the deal. Oh, I still have one, by the way, and it is terrible. And so I flew to New York immediately to see what all he had. And, and but I said, that changed our politics because Jerry Falwell Jr. was not going to support Donald Trump. And, yeah. and then he did. And, and because Michael Cohen reminded him, remember that deal I fixed with you and your wife and the pool boy? Well, now I'm asking if I still have one of the pictures, by the way, and I'm asking a favor. And so if Jerry Falwell hadn't supported Trump, you know, Jerry Falwell is so full of shit. But then the other evangelicals that gave them cover to go for Trump, which makes zero sense. But so 
I got to know Giancarlo Grande, who's a really good dude, man. And he was a dude that's like 20, and he's working out there over there at the Fountain Blue. And and this couple comes in, and they're really working them. Yeah, it wouldn't take much. When I was 20, I'd have been all in. They're like, here's some money. Come to the hotel. I'd been like, yeah. And I want you to have sex with my wife. I'm just going to sit in the corner and jerk off. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it it seemed a little weird, but I'm fucking uh, give me some drinks. So I'm in, and so they developed this seven year relationship. And and you know, uh, Jerry didn't just sit in the corner. I mean, Jerry all of a sudden Jerry beside them, and then he worked his way over. And then uh, then uh, 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 Giancarlo was brave enough. I got to know him. I mean, his family was under so much pressure because first of all, his family were Christians. They're like, oh my God, you're friends with Jerry Falwell and Becky Bell. That's like being friends with Jesus. So to turn that around and go, okay, here's the real story. In fact, Jerry's threatening to blackmail me because he has a tape of me having sex with Becky Falwell. He's threatening to send that to my girlfriend. And I have text messages from Jerry threatening him. Hey, when you're in prison, don't bend over to pick up the soap. Like threatening, threatening, threatening this kid. And this guy never asked for money. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the thing. One of the other pool boys got a million dollar settlement for them, but this guy never did. What he wanted was the business they bought together in Miami, the uh, gay youth hostels, I call it. It's a youth hostel, but it's, you know, um, you know, it's for everybody. There's a lot of sex in it there. And, uh, and, and so he wanted to get out of that business deal. He owns 24.9% of that business deal, which is, he wanted to be in real estate. They're like, what? Hey, how would you like, first night they met him, well, how would you, what are your dreams? And he goes, well, I think I'd like to be in real estate and be in a position to give back. He goes, the way you give back is you make a lot of money first. We got a deal for you. You're 20 fucking years old. You're like, these guys are multi-million. Yeah. And, and so he researched, found this property in Miami, who, by the way, Roy Black said it's a good property. Our buddy, my buddy. And, That's and all so, we need to know. I love it. Yeah, he's the best. He has been very helpful to me. Let me tell you something. I don't know. I, I told Leah Black that I feel just good in life, that if anything ever happens to me, I'm taking care of. All I got to do is call is, yeah, it, My kids and I's life is much easier because of him, I have to tell you. so That's good. Um, so uh, he gets his property, and then the relationship sours. And, you know, it's one of those weird relationships where they got this, hey, Becky misses you. I don't know if you heard the tapes of, of him, Jerry, talking to John Cardo. Becky misses you. I'm getting jealous. She thinks you're dating someone. Like, it's so fucking weird. But John Cardo has, you know, the the goods, the receipts, the whatever. But he just wanted to get out of that business deal at 10% on the dollar. He didn't want the full amount that that probably was worth. He wanted to get out. He wanted to join the Army or wanted to do something with his life. And they would not let him do it. And, uh, you know, it ended up costing Jerry Falwell his job. You yeah. know, uh, it, the the Michael Cohen tape of him talking about fixing that deal, the fact that Giancarlo was brave enough to come out and, you know, took all the shit because they're like, what is it? This is, We don't care about people's sex lives. Well, it wasn't about people's sex lives, except they're huge hypocrites. And you can't have, if you go to that college, you can't have sex. 
It's right. the Liberty Way. And and what it's led to is I'm very proud of John Carlo. I'm very proud of how he did it, but it led me to the 22 Jane Doe's at Liberty University who were raped and sexually assaulted and then told by Liberty University, you're in trouble. You just had sex. And when wow. I was gang raped. No, that's, and so uh, I've gotten to know them and I'm doing a, a documentary series with them as their trial leads up. But it is such bullshit. You know, it, it it's not about sex. It's about money. It's about power. It's about ha- hating these women. And, and, and just the shit they did where they like, well, you can't go to the police station. You go to the Liberty University police station. One girl was 15. 15 years old, she went to debate uh, a summer camp there at Liberty University. She gets raped, she gets sexually assaulted. They take her down to the police station for 15 hours. They don't let her go to the hospital. They have her debate coach come and take pictures of her injuries, of her uh, sexual assault injuries. 15 years old. And the parent, because they're like, well, they're at Liberty University, it's the safest university in, in America, it's the Christian, it has to be okay. It's not the safest university. They just don't report this shit. And Jerry Falwell is a big part of that because all he wanted was the money and the power. And I'm so grateful to be a part of taking him down. You know, it all goes back to Trump. It all goes back to the his enablers. And, and I look forward to the January 6th committee uh, uh, taking Trump. Get, I, I look forward to Trump People are like, he has to go to prison. I go, I just want the truth out. I would like him to go to jail. I think he is going to. But um, I look forward to the rest of the truth. You like and, couldn't uh, make this stuff up if you tried. No, no. It, because if you think, what's the worst thing? And I did used to be like that. I'd be like, yeah, you get conspiracy on this side. Conspiracy is somewhere in the middle. But it's a lot closer to, you know, I mean, you think you see the people that Trump was involved with and and who would who would still i mean i see a whole party in our country going off a cliff right now with donald trump and they've had many opportunities to get away from him and it's the worst abusive relationship you could have because he's such a bad guy and he turns on everybody he's so full of shit and he's a loser he lost every branch of government when he was he, he, you know the, the house the Senate and the presidency, and these assholes are still like, that's our guy. He's the most like Jesus. So unfortunately, got to do things the hard way. Well, speaking of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, I mean, I remember when Roseanne initially was coming back on the air. I mean, it was the biggest, there was so much media hype around it. There was so much, you know, there was so much fanfare around it. I mean, before the tweets and, you know, the cancellation and the Connors. But initially, you know, after all those years when they announced that Roseanne was coming back on the air, you know, what was that like for you? Like, were you, were you waiting? Were you waiting for your phone call to come to be a part of this show? No, no, I, I didn't think that. I thought, you know, I did, the one thing I'd done that she asked me to do was her roast a few years ago. And, and, and it went well. And it was hard to get to that point. You know, this was day one. It was the week of the roast. I get a call. Hey, Roseanne would like you to, uh, she'd like to call you. And I go, well, why don't you tell me what she's going to say? Because then I'll know, you know, because if it's something insulting, it's going to be like, fuck you. No, fuck you. And it'll be over. So the producer of it, well, she wants you to dress up like a waiter and serve her a drink in the middle of it. And then, and, and I go, yeah. And then, no, that's it. I go, yeah, I'm not going to do that. 
and I, people would be so pissed. It's a fucking roast. So then the next day, as we get closer, we get, okay, here's what she'd like you to call you to ask you if you'll do. If you'll show up and, and surprise everybody and roast everyone on the dais but her. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not. That's, a, that's another terrible idea. And I wasn't even sure. And I said, don't, you know, I'd said a long time before, because when the roast first got announced, somebody called me and said, would you be willing to do it? I go, don't ask me at the last minute because I need to prepare. It has been 18 years since I, you know, I need to prepare this shit. So then uh, two days before the roast, you know, she's called and left some messages and they were nice, but they're like, you can do on a Thursday, you can do anything you want. <laughs> just anything you want, just be part of it. Now, Friday, I spent, uh, I said, I have to think about it one day. I talked to my wife at the time, I have to think about, and, um, you know, she was like, well, if you want to, you know, do it, do it. You should do it. I think you're thinking about it. And then we on Friday, the roast of Saturday, I called my lawyer and he's like, you have so many restraining orders against each other. You know, if she says something about your penis, she owes you a hundred thousand. If you say something about her vagina, you're in. So they spent all night Friday night with the lawyers from Viacom and, and uh, my lawyers so that Saturday I could go to the thing. And it was so nerve wracking. Uh, um, you know, I had 18, jo 18 years, 18 jokes came out as though they'd been in the back of my mind. But until I came out on stage, I didn't know for sure I was coming out on stage. And it was a really big surprise. Very few surprises in television. Uh, but I could feel people gasp. Even the, the uh, you know, the roasties. It was stunning. And it went well. And I, I, I hadn't seen a people hugged her before that because I wasn't watching what happened before. It's kind of hidden in this room. So I don't know. I get done. I kind of look at her like, okay, I'm going to, it kind of gave her a, uh, this. And, and then I went backstage and then she stopped the show, came backstage. We, and she, they said, I we want to take a picture of you guys. She said, thanks for doing that. That really meant a lot. And, and, uh, that's a good way to bury the hatchet. And then the photographer runs around, can we take a picture? And she's like, oh, I got to go to the restroom first. And I thought if she's going to go to the restroom, instead of taking a picture of me she didn't want to take a picture of me i'm getting out of here so i left and and my wife at the time uh when i was telling her about it, she's like well what do you think she's not going to take a picture with you until she her ex-husband until she looks in the mirror and sees that it, she's all together and i was like oh you think that's true i thought she didn't know so but that to me was the perfect ending uh you know i wanted i did it i wanted to get out of there before it went sideways and so I heard that the the uh, Cotters were coming back. I know Sarah Gilbert was instrumental in that, and uh, um, and that was the first time I found out Roseanne's politics. <laughs> she was a Donald Trump because she hated him when we were together, you know, and uh, and she was the first feminist I'd ever met. Like she was so different than everyone in Iowa. Uh, you know, the the women I grew up with. I grew up with some great women, but you know, Roseanne was very thoughtful and liberal and. Uh, you know, so, and I love that about her, you know. So when I hear that the show's coming back and then I hear that she is a Trump fan, uh, it all happened at the same time as my show's coming out, anti-Trump fan. I didn't think I'd be a part of the show. It would be smart if they had me part of the show. Like it would be smart for them to have me uh, do her roast, you know. I mean, I got paid to do it and I got a private chance to fly me to Nashville for, but still, but it would be very smart of them. But but I, I know that her hatred, it, I just knew it was going to happen. But I did, for the Hollywood Reporter, review the pilot. Like, thoughtfully reviewed 
the pilot, and I liked it. You know, obviously, I'm attached to the original show. I wrote that. I, I was on it. Uh, it. You know, it was better. It might. But this was very good. This is as good as you could do. And they had some good writers and, and Whitney Cummings and uh, Wanda Sykes and, and uh, Bruce Helford is very good. He's from the old days. So I thought this show would be very, very good. And uh, but I had a bad feeling right away because she hadn't shut down her social media. And I kind of did a deep dive into her social media. And it was so racist and so conspiracy. Um, so as the show started going on, she tweeted, she started tweeting stuff. And, and her daughter, Jennifer, reached out to me, my, my old stepdaughter, and said, hey, what can we do about this? And you know what I would have done about it? If I if her show would have been on the line, and she she always said she wanted to quit the original Roseanne show. I'm quitting today. I'm quitting. I'm goddamn it. But I knew that if she ever did, she would be devastated. So I had to, here's the reasons you got to go to work. Here's the, you know, kick my car stereo in, do whatever you want. But this, and just, and it became a real chore to get her to go to work. And it became, that that, that hurts the relationship too, when you're in that kind of a. Yeah. But, uh, but because it, there was one time when she said, I'm quitting. I go, let's go up to Tom Warner's office to. And, and she goes, give me, I don't get any respect here. Give me one reason I should stay on this show. And he goes, I will give you 100 million good reasons. Seriously. <laughs> like, that's fucking real deal. Um, but, uh, but I knew she started, uh, you know, she wrote a letter to every member of Congress saying John McCain was a war criminal. <laughs> I mean, that takes a lot of effort. And the Boston bomber was a false flag thing. And so... You know, her daughter, her kids were getting very concerned. And here's here's what I would have, and I suggest this a couple times. I sent a picture of a of a phone that goes to a different server before it goes up. If you're gonna, if somebody wants to tweet some, I said, tell her Donald Trump doesn't do his own tweets. Tell her, or throw her fucking phone in the river. Like I would, there would have been no Wi-Fi if I was, and it was a lot of work being being that guy. But I I would have shut it the fuck down until the show was done you know there's a lot of ways to do a lot of things and sometimes you have to protect people for themselves but what happened with the show is the first season finished and people were like it, it, are you going to be as political pro-trump next year or and, and so she told all the trump people yeah i am the QAnon people that she was she's fucking following and friends with the all solid QAnon, crazy you know um and then she told the other people, no, we're not going to be as political. So the weekend before the writers were to come back on a Tuesday, I was like, this is going to be a bad weekend for her because, you know, she's self-destructive and and she really didn't want to come back. And by the way, the show, the original show got canceled. The original show, John Goodman was not even on it the last season. So you have to remember things run out. Seinfeld, every show has a run. And I worked on it the first six years and I, it was good. But, you know, six years is a long time to be good. And nine years is kind of impossible. But, you know, that weekend, I, I she started with something about a donkey and, and uh, Chelsea Clinton's face. And uh, I, I, I got a hold of her daughter. I go, she better fucking apologize for that right now. She can go at Hillary Clinton. But going at somebody's daughter, a, a woman with three daughters, I go, you got to get her. You, she's got to get her shit together. And then by Sunday, she <clears throat> did the very racist thing. But if you see everything leading up to it, um, and I'm, I'm proud that Disney 
immediately Bob Iger. Bob Iger, who did it, who just, I think, retired. Bob Iger used to go to our house and stand at the bottom of her bed to get her to go to work. And, you know, uh, sometimes she had a facelift, sometimes. But he that's how he started his career. Wow. You know, and he's a really good man. He is a solid, good human being. And he ran Disney and he just said, <clears throat> we're not doing this. And, uh, you know, my thing at the time was every little uh, black kid has heard this monkey bullshit growing up. You know, I'm Jewish. I've heard, you know, and you know how fucking mean kids are. And I didn't have a mother, so you imagine <laughs> But I'm telling you, for an adult, a multi, multi, multi-millionaire white Jewish woman to fucking perpetuate that is unacceptable. Some of the people look to on TV, like, that's America's mom, or, you know, that's why Dean Cain is uh, on my shit list, because he was like Superman, and now he's one of those assholes, you know. Um, but that's really what happened, and they had to. I can't imagine how hard it would have been the next season to be a writer on that show or a producer, because every week, because she was feeding into the negativity, like Trump does, feeding into it. And Trump was talking about her, but he'll tell you what, he fucking dumped her the second the show got canceled. Well, that's nice of you to even like reach out and or, you know, try to work with her daughter and try to step in and help and like take away her social media. I mean, that's you didn't have to do that. That's nice of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they they reached out to me first and I I thought, what? You know, and then I researched it because I had my guys from Vice and we kind of download, you know, I got into some emails and got into (laughs) research and I had to threaten some some of the guys she was. These leaders of this, like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to shut the lights off in your house. If You need to stay the fuck away from her. Maybe one day they'll all come out where all of a sudden we drop in the middle of their email conversations. Uh, and I'm like, what are, are you fucking in love with her? You know, I, I went every which way to get these fucking people to stop, to her to stop. And I thought if you isolate her enough, maybe she'll come to her, get her wits about her. You know, maybe she needs a mental health week or something. That would certainly be... You know, but you have to get off of this shit. But, and, and you know, uh, her boyfriend, uh, very nice guy from all uh, I've told, but he's not a guy that will throw her phone in the fucking river. And sometimes you shouldn't need that. But sometimes you you, you may at least give the person a, a chance to be their best self. Right. And if they're going to make a decision, a bad decision, at least be your best self when you're making that decision. So there you go. And you heard from them before the tweet, like, or was it because of the tweet? Or like, do you hear from them just even when the show? No, came the out? whole as soon as the season started. Oh wow! And she was tweeting shitty stuff anyway before that tweet. Right. And so I just sensed, oh, this is gonna go. And I and I, I said to Jed, this weekend is gonna be a rough weekend because this is the right last weekend before the show comes back on Tuesday. All those writers are coming back, and she told half of them. We're all Trump, and then the other half, we're not Trump. And she told all these fans, and that pressure, you know, she's going to do something really fucking stupid this weekend. So she did. And you feel total closure. You know, you talk about the roast, and you were going to take this picture, and then she said, I'll be right back, and she went in the bathroom, like, you know, and your wife said, well, didn't, you know, she went in the bathroom to fix herself up. She wasn't, like, trying to avoid you or running away from you. You know, even though you left... You know, you never really kind of found out. I mean, you guys could have talked, had a conversation. Like, you know, do you ever wonder what if? Or, I mean, do you do you 
you still feel closure with Roseanne? I felt bad about that. Yeah, it made me uh, it made me happy that she wasn't blowing me off. And I'm like, well, if I see her again, we'll, you know, but I did see her again. And the next I really heard from her, people like the roast a lot. People are touched by it. Uh, but the last, next I heard from her was this Trump shit in 2016. I'm like, what the fuck is going So, and then the show coming on, and of course I would have gone on the show. And of course we could have done something like we did with the roast. And of course I would have, I, my character could have come back to the show and it still could. But, you know, I'm in a nomad. So one thing she did, though, that ABC allowed her to do is, as I was promoting my show and my, I had a comedy special out, she said, "I, I, Tom kept me on Good Morning America. Can't, can't be on any, just randomly. And they honored that. If you want me to promote this show, I will. But here's the condition. Tom Arnold can't be promoting, you know, whatever he wants to promote. And they did. It's shitty, but they did honor that. But that's part of the business. You know, that's how shit goes. So I don't care. Uh, but but that, for have that resentment, you know, um, I, I, and I also think that which life's shitty that you always want to blame somebody. Uh, you blame someone. Oh, how can I be in this marriage? Oh, it's all him. He's a said golly. He's a he's a, a master manipulator. But then the next time you, you get a divorce, you got to blame that guy. And you had to blame the guy before me, that which you know. And then who are you going to blame after that? And then who, you know? So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, it was uh, one of my four marriages, and uh, I mean, it is how the business works. But still, that's a pretty strong ban. All these years later, you know, to say I don't want Tom on any, you know, GMA, Kelly and Ryan, like any of the ABC morning shows. That's kind of a pretty strong band right that but had nothing to do with your show it just had to right. do with and by the way i did not want to talk about her show going off the air but i was promoting my new comedy stand-up special and the show went off the air right then and so any interview i did the first thing they asked about was that and people were like why do you keep talking about rosanna but i did think it was important as a voice as as we are voices in this country to call out overt racism you know um because that's what it was and people are people aren't as, as uh that don't pussyfoot around it as much four years later now but they certainly were then boy how do you call someone racist how do you call someone a white supremacist why do you do this well because they are <laughs> the world it's come. a big thing in this country anti-semitism anti-lgbtq anti uh immigrant and uh and anti-people of color man it fucking is there and i'll tell you this and i know this is a jew you better stand up with each other because they're fucking going after us next i'm jewish too so t- trust yeah. me i know you have a star David on your- <laughs> no. you don't even want to know i have this i have a i have a barcode oh, yeah, tattoo yeah. so this like made my grandparents very happy yes I'm yeah. being sarcastic. Um, but you also have yeah, two movies coming out, right? You were just in Italy filming. You have two movies coming out. I did. I did two movies in Rome. Uh, I've done four movies in Rome this year. Wow. You know, because COVID. I did one in the UK. The one in the UK is uh, called The Abomination. I play Doctor Frankenstein. It's a modern day Frankenstein with a really cool director and a really cool cast, and I'm excited about that. And then I did two holiday movies in uh, in Rome, which I'm so grateful to have to work, you know, and I've done four over there the last year and 
uh, with a great crew and a great fun director. And Billy Baldwin did the, the last three with me and uh, Michael Madsen did the first one. And then uh, he couldn't fly for the next one because his ex-wife garnished his passport, which sounds like something that would happen to me. And I love Michael Madsen. I love Billy Baldwin. And so, yeah, there's and the, the Cloris Leachman one, High Holiday, came out last month with uh, Jennifer Tilly. And uh, what a great cast. And uh, there was a, the Madsen and I one came out. But there's always something. I did a movie with Machine Gun Kelly this summer, which is very fun. Uh, and, and, you know, I need to keep working. Again, I have four ex-wives. I, people are like, do you worry about getting old? I can't wait till the day I turn 65 because then I don't have to pay alimony anymore. That's, uh, I'm going to be so, I'll be able to buy a house. You know, my kids are, it's, it's a little over two years away, but I'm looking forward to that day. And yet you're still open to be married again. So that shows you have such a positive attitude. Well, I'm open to, you know, the possibility, you know, uh, can't we get Leah Black on this? I mean, she, she hooked me up with you. Like, She's I was going to say, Leah's the one to make this happen here. Yeah. Well, I, I, the kisses I've had over the last few years have been at her house for New Year's Eve. Like, for real. And they're like with a, a reality star from the Ocean uh, p- p- OC. Who? Uh, there was oh, this girl. <laughs> well, Kelly Dodd was one. And, uh, and then there was a really nice, and Kelly Dodd's a lunatic, but she's very cute. And, uh, and you know, there's always somebody there. You know, they don't have to be a reality star. They could be, you know, there's some nice, very pretty, nice people. Yes. Well, Kelly Dodd was just on my show with her husband, Rick. And um, yeah, so they certainly do create quite a, listen, people, people love to hate Kelly Dodd, right? So there you go. No, I just say, you know, the, the, I'm very, I'm very pro vaccination, I have to say. But, you know, she's a character, man. She goes after uh, people and, and bless her. Bless her heart. She's very beautiful. And I wish, you know. How was Kelly Dodd as a kisser? Very good. Very good. You know, it, had been a, it was at 12 midnight. And I was very grateful. And my kids were grateful because I, I posted it. And my kids were so happy that I got to kiss. My daughter, who's six, has never seen, had never seen a woman kiss me. And so, you know, I kiss her a lot, uh, but it was like, you know, they, they're not like, yeah, get, get that woman to move in here. Uh, I'm sure they would love her because she's sort of the same age, but, <laughs> but uh, they're like, oh, dad's, I can't, and I had a long time before, well, this is really important. Your dad has to get out there again. Cause I'm, you know, with these guys all the time, like all the time. And I said, you know, I'm going to go to a party tonight. I'm going to kiss a woman. I don't know who's going to be, but I just need to. And, uh, you know, it was very important to me. I always have a soft spot for that. There. And it was just a kiss with Kelly, nothing else? Yeah. Well, you know, if this was before Rick, if it worked out, you could have been on the Orange County Housewives. No, I mean, I like watching that show. I, I'm, I'm old school with that show. That was the first one of the Housewives I've ever watched. Uh, but... You know, I like the Miami ones too. The ones that leave. There's some crazy, but the best housewives are the Atlanta. Because those are people that nobody go, oh, yeah, I can see you. That's who those, I can see you hooking up with those guys. Do you have a favorite out of the Atlanta housewives? Candy, uh, 
That's a good one. Yeah, it's very good. And I tried to do a show. We tried to do a talk show with, uh, uh, oh, uh, what's her name? She's the most famous one. Nini uh, Leakes. Yeah. And I met with her and we were going to, and then she insulted uh, the Wendy Williams purse <laughs> on a tweet and they pulled the show. It was going to be with the people that do the Wendy Williams show. And I didn't even know what that meant. I read the tweet like, I, what is she talking about? But it, she talked about a purse. And so I got a call from the studio. They're like, <clears throat> it's a big deal when you sold uh, a black woman's purse. They go, is it? What? What's the? I don't know. Well, if it is, so she's out. <laughs> so that never happened. Okay, wait, and then I'll let you go. You're dropping all these bombs yeah. at the end. So wait, so you were going to do a talk show with, like, you were going to produce it, and Nini was going to be like the host. The people that produced the Wendy Williams show were going to produce a show with 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 that uh, Nini Leakes and I hosted. What was it going to be about? Just like a talk show, like Wendy Williams. Just style? Us. Talk show, yeah, yeah, lifestyle, that kind of stuff. And then right before we were uh, going to shoot, that she tweeted something about Wendy Williams' purse. <laughs> I swear. And then, you know, Wendy Williams is very powerful in that company. And Wendy Williams like, if they're coming, I'm leaving if they're coming. And so, and I, the tweet to me seemed innocuous. It was, I just didn't know it was possible to insult somebody's purse and, and and offend them so severely, but it was, and the even the uh, the white executive producer called me. Goes, you have no idea. Like you do not uh, insult a black woman's purse. I go, well, I would never do that, but I'm learning a lot here. This seems like it would have been a good segment on the show, and uh, but I like that Dee Dee. She's a uh, she's a uh, you know I like that the Atlanta Housewives are just the best. They're good. And if Wendy Williams calls and says it's them or me, I think they're going to go with Wendy Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Well, listen, Tom, the next time you Thank come you. back, you can promote all your movies. We won't have to talk about anything from the past. Everyone needs to follow you online. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Leah hey, is buddy. everything. And thank you for doing this. All right, brother. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.